Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know what, Rachel? When we gather here in the cafe, I can't help but look around. And I see some gals sitting alone. And it makes me uh, curious if they're doing that by choice or if they really just don't have someone to hang out with. I I know that I have been in formal programs before where I've done mentoring. But sometimes I wonder if the world doesn't need a few more people to just come alongside those who are just lonely. I have been lonely at times in my life. Sometimes it's circumstance, right? You change um, locations or jobs. You're the new person again. seems like everybody else already has their friendship circles and their busy lives. Um, And then some people are just introverted, (laughs) which is they prefer to, in a large group setting at least, the introvert will prefer to sort of be a little more quiet, a little more on the the edge or the periphery and sort of watch and listen. And that's um, how they just feel most comfortable in a large group setting. But you know what? Um, It's a misnomer that introverts always want to be alone. They don't. Introverts can be some of the best friends. They can be extremely talkative and funny and outgoing when they are one-on-one with a close friend. Um, so sometimes I think uh, I look around and I'm, I don't know if that person is lonely mm. and wanting to connect. I don't know if maybe they're just introverted and they're, they're happy just to sort of watch and listen. Uh, but I do know that even the introverts, when they are outside of that kind of large group setting, they very much want to talk. Yep. Oh, I, I have found that out, too. I have a friend at church that I always thought just didn't like people very much. <laughs> you know, she always kept to herself and she just didn't. She didn't. She looked at me like I had three heads most of the time because I'm I'm constantly hugging and talking and praying and sharing with people. And she would look at me like, "Mm, what are you all about? And one day I just decided to grab her and hug her anyway. And she said, you know, you may think that I'm not a hugger and I don't like it, but I do. And from that moment on, Rachel, we developed a friendship. And and I think sometimes when we look around, especially with younger people, you know, like when I look at mentoring, now that I'm in the older stages of life, I I look at younger people and I think, oh man, I want want to be there when they're struggling, when they're going through those things that I've already been through. And, And so when we talk about mentoring and when we talk about sharing life together and reaching out to that person who may look like an introvert, but really would love to have somebody to chat with. I think that there's a way that we could go about doing this. And, and Rachel, I know that you coach people for part of your living. 
Yes, and I love it. <laughs> and um, I think, Luann, I think you and your personality and your hardwiring, you are kind of a natural mentor and teacher type person. I am as well. If you look at my life and all the things that I've chosen to do for my professions, it's all, whether it's writing books, which is just sort of teaching or mentoring through the written word or, you know, teaching at the university or coaching, it's all the same sort of thing. I like to... Um, empower others, connect with others, um, and and help them succeed in life. So, with coaching, uh, there's two aspects uh, to, to the coaching that I do. Sometimes it's a kind of a combination of teaching and coaching because there's something specific that I have expertise in that they're wanting to learn from me. For example, writing. Uh, book coaching, coaching someone through the writing of a book or of a novel. Um, that's a combination of sort of teaching them and coaching them. Um, but coaching in its purest form, and most people don't understand this, like I'm sure you've all heard of someone who is a life coach, um, <laughs> and you probably wondered, what the heck is that? <laughs> right? Like, what is what does that mean? What does that do? You know, um, and life coaching just generally means that there isn't a specific topic that you are that's preset that you're going to teach them how to do. They just come to you with whatever's on their mind. It might be a problem that they're facing, a hurdle they can't seem to get over. It might be um, they're, they they want to make a change and they're having trouble um, getting over the inertia to make that change, or it might be they have a goal that they want to meet and they need some help and some accountability um, to meet it. So, and in that purest form of coaching, uh, sometimes people call it life coaching. It's really um, question-based. What, what I do is ask a lot of questions. I don't tell them how to solve their problem or what they need to do. Um, sometimes the things that they're asking me about, I have no direct experience with. So I just ask a lot of questions that gets them thinking out loud um, so that I can hear their thinking and more importantly, so they can hear their thinking. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, there are some journals that I've picked up recently because we've been doing a big clean out in our uh, cabinets and our just we've moved so many times in such a short period of time that a lot of things just got jumbled up. And so I came across some journals and I started looking through them and going, oh, my word. Here are two things that popped out at me. One, I'm still struggling with the same thing I struggled with five years ago. What's up with that? And then the other thing is, oh, my goodness. I did not even remember feeling that way or thinking that way. And look how far God has brought me. So there's two extremes that I seem to stumble on when I do write down my thoughts and, and journal the things that are on my mind. But wow, what a good tool. You have to get your thoughts out of your head so that you can sort of see them objectively. And I really don't know how to describe this. I just know that it's true that when all your thoughts do is bounce around inside your head, you silently thinking about them, you're not seeing the full picture of what it is you're thinking. And that sounds crazy. That doesn't even sound like it makes sense. But you're not seeing the full picture of what you're thinking. And why it's important to know the full picture of what you're thinking is because your thoughts determine your feelings, your feelings determine your actions, and your actions determine the kind of results or outcomes or life that you have. 
Ooh, and that will take us right to Scripture. You know, because God constantly tells us how we think is so critical. I mean, he tells us throughout Philippians to think about the good stuff, to to understand what we're thinking about and and focus on the things that matter and let go of the things that don't. So absolutely, Romans tells us about how to renew our thoughts and and get ourselves on track. And so God is telling us the way we think is key. And so as we talk about mentoring one another and sharing life with one another, Rachel, I think it's perfect that we encourage one another to write down the thoughts, write down the things that are zooming around. My thoughts kind of look like a ping pong match. You know, have you ever played ping pong? Because that little tiny air-filled ball goes back and forth and back and forth, and then suddenly somebody whacks it, and it goes flying all across the room. And that's how my thoughts are if I don't write it down. The same thing happens inside my head, only once the ping pong ball goes flying across the room, it hits a doorknob of a closet at just the right angle, and then that door swings open, and 2,000 ping pong balls spill out all over the place. (laughs) Well, you know that... uh, One of the reasons that I wanted to bring this whole topic up today is because I've seen a lot of girls struggling. I know that, Rachel, you don't have all the answers, and I certainly don't have all the answers. But what we do have are questions. We have questions that can prompt you to think about life in different ways and maybe to get through the tough time that you're going through right now. And so I'd like to maybe start out with just talking about some of those questions. Like Rachel, I know you have certain things that you ask people that you're coaching. Oftentimes, um, a, a client that I'm working with is stuck in indecision. They are kind of spinning their wheels because they can't decide what they should do or what they want to do or maybe what God has called them to do. And um, we will spend years (laughs) in indecision about that because we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to figure it out and to get it right. And I don't want to make a wrong decision. And so we kind of like, kind of like wander in the desert (laughs) for 40 years trying to figure out what our promised land is um, and whatever the decision might be. So what I often ask them, we have to get past that indecision. We have to make a decision, take some action that will give us um, results or feedback from which then we can judge, was this the right decision or should I go in another direction? But just standing still paralyzed never brings us the information that we need to discern if we're on the right path. So the question that I often ask is uh, when they say, I don't know what to do, or I'm not sure if I want to do this or that, I ask, well, if you did know, what would it be? 
And it just sort of gives them permission to be wrong or to be or to give an answer that is less than 100% certain. But typically, whatever that answer is they will give at that point, that's really where they are inclined to go. They've just been too afraid to to make that decision without 100% certainty. So one of the big questions is, if you did know, what would it be? <laughs> um, somebody maybe has finished... Yeah, they finished their job, they finished their career, they've, you know, um, or they, they move, they retire, whatever it might be. And then they're often in this place of, I don't know what I want to do with my time. I don't know what to do with myself now. And so, well, if you did know, what would you do? No matter what you are thinking about doing, try it. Stick your toe in the water. I've told my kids before uh, when they were younger, you know, don't be afraid to try that job. It, it will tell you one of two things. I love it and I want to do more or, ooh, this is not for me. So just making those kinds of decisions to go ahead, do something is better than standing still and just thinking about it and fretting about it for days and weeks and months. So... That's the first question is, you know, well, if you did know, what would it be? Let's just not indulge anymore in confusion and uncertainty. Let's just pick a direction and take some action and, and we'll figure it out from there. Uh, the other thing, though, is a, a question that I will often ask is just very simply, why? And I will ask that question usually five to seven times in response to someone telling me um, what it is they want. Uh, Rachel, could you, I think I want to write a novel. Could you help me write my novel? Why? Why do you want to write a novel? They'll give me an answer to that. Um, well, I, I've always, you know, dreamed of writing a novel. Then I will ask them why. Why have you always dreamed of writing a novel? Like, I just keep drilling deeper, asking the why, so that we can get to what is the core sort of thought or belief or experience that is driving this desire. And then the key question is, do you like your why? That is, that is very telling to figure that out. So... If you don't like the why, then it's kind of like that one analogy. I remember somebody climbing the ladder of a wall and saying, getting the whole troop to say, come on, let's go over the wall. And then you realize you're at the wrong wall. And maybe that's similar to what you're saying. Wait a minute. Maybe my ladder isn't in the right spot. Maybe I'm, my why is not really what I want to do after all. So I love asking that question. It kind of sounds like my five-year-old granddaughter, though. She says, why, why, why? And I could just see you doing that, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be annoying like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have to ask it multiple times. So, you know, a friend says to me, um, she's uh, really wants to find a husband. She's just, she's desperate to find a husband. Uh, that's what's, you know, kind of all, all about her thoughts and her time is she wants to be married. How do I get married? How do I find Mr. Right? All of that. And so you ask, why do you want a husband? She might say something like, well, I want someone to share my life with. Why? Well, because I don't want to go through life alone. Okay, why not? 
Well, I feel insecure being alone. Oh, now we're uncovering some interesting thoughts, right? You know, and that's very different. And, and we, I would keep drilling down and I would say, why do you feel insecure when you're alone? So we're going to uncover all of these things. And then you got to ask it is, do you like that? Why do, am I wanting to marry someone, pledge my life to them, um, serve them and, and, you know, live with them and have a family with them simply because I am insecure? Is that a good why, <laughs> you know? And if not, then let's work on that. Let's just, I know you're anxious for a husband, but let's set that aside right now. And let's get ourselves to a place where we feel secure in and of ourselves, whether anyone else is in our room with us or in the life with us, you know? And then we can see if we can um, find a better why for wanting to find a husband. So that's what some of the work is. And that's what some of the drilling down and asking the why, 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 why questions are is because it kind of gets to the heart of what's driving us. And if we don't like our why, we tend to not get the results that we dreamed or thought we would get, even if we get the goal. That is so deep, Rachel, really. I mean, I think there are so many girls sitting around the table right now who have really never understood those two basic questions. And so what I want to do is encourage us as we go into our daily lives that when we see the girls that God has put in our life to either mentor or maybe we're supposed to be a mentee and allow someone like a Rachel to come into your life and ask those questions. When we know that God has opened a door for us to be a partner in friendship with someone, then it's important to understand just a few tips like that. Like how can we, like Rachel and I are very outgoing. We can talk to a brick wall for hours, but there's some girls who have a very hard time getting anything out. So if we understand these tools of asking questions, and then the other part is so critical. It's so critical to listen to their answers. This is crucial um, to a good mentoring relationship, to a good coaching relationship, to a good friendship um, or to a good marriage even is to be able to listen to the other person, ask them questions that helps uncover their thinking so they can sort of see and understand what they're thinking, what their thoughts are, um, what their why is, and and find out if that's what they want to be driven with or if they want to make some changes. But the key is for you to listen non-judgmentally. And of course, that's a biblical um, command as well, right? To not judge one another. Mm-hmm. So that, that quiet listening ear that is non-judgmental, no matter what the person says, you just hold space for them to get to a place where they're becoming their best self. And they're not there right now. And there's no judgment from me um, with where they are right now. We judge ourselves enough <laughs> That's the beauty in having a mentor or a coach or someone who stands there holding space for you to grow and to change uh, completely judgment-free with nothing but love and encouragement because we so rarely give that to ourselves. Oh, that is so true. And, and here's, here's another thing that has to happen in that relationship of 
friendship, mentor, coach, you have to be receptive. You know, I know so many girls, including myself, uh, put up a wall for years because I didn't want anybody to hurt me again. And so you have to be willing to let the wall down, to be receptive, to understand that this could be a, a friendship that helps me get through life. And we will never get there if we aren't receptive. Right. So what you're saying is being open, being willing to be vulnerable, being, being willing to be seen, to be honest, to be authentic. And yes, if you're someone who is seeking out mentoring or, or coaching um, or wanting a deeper friendship with someone, yeah, that's, that's what's on our to-do list is to take the risk to be honest, to be vulnerable, to have conversations um, about uh, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Hey, I'm really stuck on this. And not just talk about, I don't know, what we watched on Netflix last night. Well, here's the other thing that I will say, because it has to be said. There are folks who need boundaries set up front. And it's not a bad idea to do that with everybody in the beginning. And you may say, ooh, I don't want to mentor anyone because it didn't turn out well the last time. And I understand, I've been there, and, and I think we all have at times. But I, I believe with all my heart, if we create a structure with someone that we are deciding to dive in and take the risk and be a mentor, be a coach, or just be a friend, let's set up a little structure on, okay, how? How are we going to do this? How, how often do we want to get together how do we want to get together? Is it by email? Do we want to sit down once every couple of weeks and have coffee? Let's establish those little guidelines. And then how long? Because I think that so often we hesitate to get into a friendship or a new relationship because we think, oh, this could just suck the life out of me and I don't want to go there. Instead, if we create a structure going in and say, let me just do a little role play with you, Rachel. I see you in a cafe. And I go over and I say, hey, I see that you're sitting alone. Is that by choice or do you mind having a friend today? And you may look at me like I have three heads, like a lot of people. But what would you say to that? Well, if I were alone, I might would say, again, I'm an extrovert. So I might would say, pull up a chair. <laughs> um, but if I were an introvert, you know, I, yeah, I would probably look at you like, I, like you had three heads. But nonetheless, I would be, I would have no idea how to respond to that. But I would be mm -hmm. internally, part of me would be secretly thrilled that I was noticed, that someone took the time to come over. I'm not sure what to say in response, but wow, <laughs> yay. I'll tell you, the last, the last few years, I've had a little tent card that I take with me and put it in my purse. And when I'm at a cafe situation and I see that girl over in the corner, I sometimes we'll pull that little tent card out. And it says, need encouragement? Question mark. And so many times that strikes up a conversation because they're looking at me like, oh, poor thing. Does she need encouragement? Or... They walk over and say, yeah, I do need encouragement. 
Now, I don't know if that's something that would make you feel uncomfortable or not, but here's what I do know. God is calling us to be involved in other people's lives. He never called us to do this thing alone. So no matter what the mentoring looks like in your world, open your eyes and be receptive. And this week, I challenge us. I challenge us to find one that God says that, that one right there needs you in her life. And I'm going to pray that the God of hope will give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.